You're listening, listening to, to Bible, Bible Plus. Bible Plus from Seesaw. Bible Plus is a podcast featuring short, daily discussions of every chapter in the New Testament. Bible Plus is designed to increase Bible reading, understanding, and enjoyment. Get more out of the Bible. Hello, and welcome back to Bible Plus. Today we'll be looking at Acts chapter 9. As we get into Acts, uh, I echo what the other brothers have said, that we're not just here to study facts. We, the history of the church, the early church, is very important for us as believers. But we also want to see the principles in these stories that apply to us today. So today we'll be talking primarily about Paul's conversion, Saul's conversion, I should say. Uh, so there are two critical points in this interchange that he has with the Lord. Uh, he's on his way to Damascus to arrest more of the believers, and the Lord knocks him off his horse and, and speaks to him from, uh, from a light in the heavens and uh, says, why are you persecuting me? And Saul responds with, who are you, Lord? So I want to focus on that exchange and how those two expressions will govern, will be the seeds of Paul's entire ministry that we'll see in his epistles and what they should mean for us today. So first, the Lord says, why are you persecuting me? And Saul thought, must have thought, I'm not persecuting you, voice and light from the heavens. I'm persecuting men and women, like it says in verse 2. I, I'm here to take people that I believe are heretics to the Jewish faith to which I have dedicated my whole life. People that are blaspheming God, as I understand. And I'm taking them and I'm, I'm bringing them to justice, making them repent or, or, or suffer the death penalty. I'm doing service to God. I'm not persecuting someone speaking from the heavens. I'm persecuting men and women. So here the Lord is revealing at Paul's conversion, the most critical point in his Christian experience right here, this, this sharp right turn in his life. He's, the Lord is speaking and he says, when you persecute my believers, you persecute me. And we think back to the, the end of Matthew 25, where the Lord is speaking to some and says, when, when you visited me in prison, when you clothed, when I was hungry and you fed me, when I was naked and you clothed me, as much as you did this to the least of these, my brothers, you have done it to me. The Lord is identifying himself with his members. So when we, when, when Saul was persecuting those believers, he was practically attacking the Lord Jesus. This is going to be a critical point in Paul's whole ministry that Christ is practically working and living in his saints, in his believers here on earth. You can see the seeds for Galatians 2.20 that, that 
It is Christ that lives in me. Or Philippians 1, it, to me, to, uh, for to me to live is Christ. And of course, 1 Corinthians 12, just as the body has many members, but all the members be, are one body, so also is the Christ. So this principle that the, that the head of the body, Christ the head, is really one with his believers, his body, that the church is the practical living today of Jesus, living again. It's the practical working of, of God's will worked out through his body. This is going to be critical, obviously, in Paul's ministry, based on what he's going to speak and write, but also for us to recognize that what we what we are is not, we are no longer just ourselves. We are people that are practically living out a, another person. We're living out Jesus. And the second question is, Paul asks the Lord, who are you? Who are you, Lord? And that, of course, in, in the, the context of this, that makes it's a very reasonable question to ask. Who are you, voice from the heavens that knocked me down? What do you mean I'm persecuting you? Who are you that I'm persecuting? But I think the context of Paul as a Pharisee, born of Pharisees, he'll tell us in Philippians 3, as a uh, as the top, the top of the Jewish religion, so versed in the law, studied with the best teachers. And has given himself and his whole life to, to studying and learning and protecting the, the law of Judaism and, and honoring God in this way. It's, that makes it even more impactful that this man who has spent his whole life on this would say, who are you? I, you, you must, this man, this, this one speaking to me must be God. Only God could, I call you Lord. Who are you, Lord? But Paul is realizing all his studying, all of his, uh, his dedication let, did not lead him to know this one, to know God. He knew much about God. And his, uh, his knowledge of the scriptures is going to be instrumental in his whole ministry. The Lord was really, had been, shaping this one all up to the point of his conversion, but he needed to know the person that is described in the scriptures he knew. So Paul is going to continue in a quest to answer this question, who are you, Lord, through his whole Christian life. We will see a major development in this, again, in Philippians chapter 3, where Paul says that everything of his past. He gave it all up because of how excellent it is to know Christ. And he talks, uh, he, he's pursuing, he's striving to know who Christ is. And of course, this should also be our pursuit until we can say like Paul in 2 Timothy 1, I know whom I have believed. I, I know him. i Timothy, I did it. I, I know him. I really know him. He's not a theory to me. 
I know him. So these two things, knowing Christ personally and then knowing him in his members corporately, realizing that that the little brother Ananias that comes and tells him, says, Saul, brother. Imagine what that must have meant to Saul. This one that, this is one that he had come to, to, to take away in bonds, to take back, to, to accuse before the Sanhedrin that he was a, a heretic and a blasphemer. This one that Paul had come to throw into prison says, Saul, brother. And the fact that, that this one, this Ananias who comes to, to restore his sight to him, to baptize him into the body of Christ, to, to welcome him into his newfound faith. This one is, it's not Peter. It's not John. Ananias wasn't one of the 12 apostles. We don't know anything about him before this. We don't know anything about him after this. He is just a little brother in Damascus who is faithful. And what qualified him to go and talk to Paul, Saul? What qualified him is the Lord's sending. The Lord said, Ananias, I'm sending you to a place. Ananias, a little uncertain, admittedly at first, but he says, yes, I will go. And he goes. That's what qualified him, the fact that the Lord sent him. And I believe that is going to color the rest of Paul's ministry. As he goes on these ministry journeys, establishing churches, he's got to have in the back of his mind, I'm here because I was sent, not because I am some great apostle, not because I am, you know, something uh, better than the rest of the believers. He'll say that he's less than the least of all saints. I am here. I am the grace was given to him to write these epistles because he was sent. The Lord's sending is the only qualification. So uh, I think for us, the key is that we need to recognize one, we should all be pursuing to know the Lord, to know him. In fact, a really good prayer would be, Lord, who are you? Lord, I want, I want to know you. Lord, Lord, I don't want to stop just to know about you. I want to know you. Lord, make my life about knowing you. And, and second, to recognize that today, practically, the Lord is expressed in his believers, in his other members, in and in us. And as we go about our day, if we are living in our spirit, the Lord Jesus is there living. He's not, he's not a, he's not a theory. He's not some far off person that's coming again someday. Right now, he's living. He's in, he's living in our context, in our apartments with our roommates. He's living in our Zoom rooms with our classmates. He's living if we're open to him living. He is the, we are part of the corporate me that, that, that Saul could persecute. Even after Jesus had been ascended, 
the me was still there. And today the me, the, the capital M me is still, is still operating on earth. When we turn to him and allow him to live, when we practice 1 Corinthians 15, 10, Galatians 2, 20, Jesus is, has a way to live again. So I think, uh, there's a lot in this chapter and we're going to see Paul's conversion again, actually two more times in Acts because of how important it was to Paul and really how important the principles in it are to us as believers. So, uh, I just encourage you pursue to know the Lord and pursue to be part of the corporate me expressing and living Christ.